Uh, in a moment, I'm going to introduce Yosef Murray, who at one time was known as Calvin Murray, uh, to this amazing audience. Uh, I've spoken to him for a total of about 30 seconds in advance of this interview and had the opportunity to uh, let him know that we share a mutual friend, and that is Rabbi Tzvi Khan, who is uh, noted in the book as a uh, close friend and confidant of the uh, Murray family. Um, so it was it was wonderful in the initial moments of my uh, off-air conversation with Yosef Murray to hear about the uh, the greatness of an old friend, uh, the great Rabbi Tzvi Khan, who's now down in Florida. The book is entitled From Rose Bowl to Rashi, A Unique Journey to Orthodox Judaism, written by Amuna Verid Murray, who is the wife of of Yosef Murray. Amuna, originally from Columbus, that's Columbus, Ohio, made Aliyah in uh, August of 2016. Lives in Malaya Dumim, where she keeps busy with frequent trips to Jerusalem, as well as exploring the entire country. She's a blogger, transcriber, author, and most of all, passionate and grateful to live in the most precious land. She made six trips to Israel before making Israel her home on the seventh trip. Information about the book from rosebowltorashi.com from Rosebowl to Rashi.com. Her husband, who uh, was known as Calvin Murray and now is more commonly known as Yosef Murray, uh, was an incredible uh, football player for Ohio State University and then became an incredible football player in the NFL, including a couple of seasons with his beloved Philadelphia Eagles. After all, he's from southern New Jersey, and you know there are a lot of Philadelphia fans down there. And at some point, the two of them met, and at some point, the two of them decided that they would become Orthodox Jews. Calvin Yosef Murray, welcome to JM in the AM. Welcome back. Thank you. I really appreciate being on your show. I appreciate you being with us. Um, you know, I, I got to ask you some of the football stuff first, if you don't mind. Okay. First of oh, all, no, mind. <laughs> first of all, I saw in the book. I mean, I, I was, I was, uh, you know, as a kid. Uh, I remember, mm-hmm. I remember the legendary Woody Hayes, the coach of of Ohio right. State, and you mm-hmm. and you cite the infamous episode that led to his um, to hit, led to his firing at Ohio State. Were you there as a player, right in the middle of that entire thing? I was right in the middle of it. I was just a matter of five or six feet away from the whole incident, from everything happening, and you know, I was there right in the middle of the fight and just everything else that went on. I wow. was right there. And that was an era before social media and viral videos were a big deal, and yet you, you recall how the country responded to what had happened. Woody Hayes actually uh, got into a fight with an opposing player when he was coach of Ohio State. And I guess, you knew right. at the, I guess you knew at that point there would be some type of transition coming up at the university, huh? Yeah, um, he was under a lot of stress um, that whole season. He wasn't really himself the whole time, and a lot of people don't know that Coach Hayes was also a diabetic. Mm-hmm. And he didn't take his medicine that morning, so he was really, you know, on a on a high. You, you, when you're a diabetic, you can go high and you can go low. And I just think what you know, we were used to him tapping us on the pads. Really, basically, where he hit him at was raising the uh, front pads of his his shoulder pads, and it, it just the swinging of the arm to the pads. The guy didn't even know he hit him, and. You know, he just hit him one time, and he let him go, and he just was so frustrated. And it was really a sad thing because all the great things that Coach Hayes did for so many people, I mean, visiting people in the 
hospitals, you know, not, I mean, he had stacks of checks that he never cashed for public speaking, that he would just, he was just that kind of guy. He was mm. always, always on campus when you sit, he was, he was one of those coaches that, you know, if you went to Ohio State, you would run into him on the oval. I mean, he would be walking across campus. He would walk up to a kid that didn't, you know, wasn't one of his players, and he would say, "How are you doing? What are you studying?" And he would talk to them. Interesting. I, mean, I ran into, uh, yeah, I ran into so many people um, who remember having uh, meetings with him, and that's one thing that I think really was really unique and different that he did. He really cared about the people at Ohio State. He cared about us as players. He treated us like we were family. You you um, you write, or more accurately, your wife writes that when he recruited when we I'm I'm kidding when he recruited you, uh, uh-huh. you you were the only person in, in in the area that he didn't speak to. He went to all your your, exactly. your friends and relatives. Right. He, my, he talked to my grandmother. He talked to you know cousins, friends, everybody that was associated. And what he was doing, he was saying what he what he looks for is. Is there discipline in the house, and is the kid loved? Mm. And he knows. He said, if that's in the house, he said, I can work with him. Interesting. Yosef Murray with us live via telephone. The um, uh, Your dream was to play for Ohio State, I assume, because your father right. was an Ohio State Buckeyes fan. And then your right. dr- your dream was to play for Philadelphia Eagles, and they, they end up right. being the NFL team that drafts you. Before, right. before we get into the religious <laughs> overtones of all this, <laughs> That must be that must be amazing. Looking back, that those two things, which were your two dreams, and so many great players in this country, never get to the teams that they want to really be on. Must have been amazing right. that both those dreams came true for you. Well, you know, it, it really is a little uh, story with that. I was with my father in the ninth grade, and my ninth grade coach uh, Alvin Caldwell. He goes to me, he said, "Cal, what are your goals?" And I was like, "Goals? What are goals?" You know, and then he explained to me about goals. He said, take your goals that you want to accomplish and write them down. So what I did is I wrote that I want to play for Ohio State, I want to play for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I want to work with kids. And I wrote that down in the ninth grade. And there was something about writing. There was something that I don't understand. But that kept me focused on who and where I was going. And the opportunities just opened up. The the head coach at Defford High School, when we were playing them in the semis in the playoffs, he actually told Ohio State, told Coach George Chump, who was coming there looking at some kids in Defford. And he said, you got to go down further south. There's a boy down there. We just couldn't stop him. He scored six touchdowns on us. And that's how I got discovered by Ohio State. And as soon as Ohio State came, that was it. Everybody was trying to get me. And I told Notre Dame and everybody, you know, sorry, I'm going to Ohio State. That's one of my dreams. Unbelievable. And you end up playing in a Rose Bowl. And yep. and to this day, you still have the longest touchdown catch in school history? Or someone surpassed you? Well, it, somebody did it. They broke it in California, but it's the longest at, for a running back and, or anybody in the horseshoe. Me, so me, nobody, nobody in the horseshoe has beat it yet. So right, and, 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 and in, the, in the horseshoe, you mean the Ohio State home field? Right, right, yeah. 
not ev- not everybody not everybody in this audience knows what the horseshoe is. <laughs> um, yeah, I got to remember where I'm where I'm talking to. <laughs> and uh, and when you say more south, that's because you were in the Cape May area in Jersey, and that explains right. why you were an Eagles fan, I guess. Right, that would explain it. Yes. and you yes. end up being. Actually, Dr- I'm sorry. Go ahead. Actually, actually, I had a story. Harold Carmichael, my father, took me to. I remember Harold again. Carmichael, great wide receiver. Right. Right. Well. When I was in the ninth grade, again, my father took me to a football camp in Wobble, New Jersey. And I was down there, and Harold Carmichael was one of the players who was part of the camp. And we were doing a bunch of different drills, and Harold walks up to me and says, Young man, you have the ability to make it to the NFL. And I was like, really? And so I believed that. And so that's when I realized how powerful words are. And and I believed in him. I believed that he said that. And then when I walked into that locker room, how how Carmichael went crazy. He was like, "Oh my gosh, I remember you! You, you made it! Said, you made it yeah, here! You made it! Yep." You know, you so, say the power of words. Not to bounce around too much here, but uh, right. imagine the lesson for parents and other role models who are listening to this broadcast. If we, if we, and I can count myself, of course would only realize mm-hmm. the power of words and how a positive word to a younger person literally can change their lives, literally could seep in, their it, can seep into their head, stay there for a long time, and really boost their confidence. Yes. I, I agree 100% with that. And I, and that's what I do when I'm working with young kids. I let them know that. You know, I'm very careful with my words. Well, you know, in Judaism, we have to be very careful with our words. We're told to be very careful with our words. And, that's one of the things I really love about the beauty of Judaism is, you know, the power of words. Because, remember, Hashem spoke and everything happened. Right. He didn't physically do it with us. I don't know if, you know, he doesn't have hands. He but just said it. He didn't. He just said it. And so that's why I realized then even more so now the power of of words. Not to compare you to God, but sort of the same thing. You wrote it and it happened. <laughs> right. You wrote right. it you wrote exactly. it down and committed that it's gonna happen. Uh Yosef Calvin Murray with us uh, via telephone. The book is called From Rose Bowl to Rashi, a unique journey to Orthodox Judaism written by his wife Amuna Vered Murray. Can you explain and believe me, we'll get to the Orthodox Judaism uh, track in a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just gotta do I, I I gotta get my sports fix here. Can you explain the difference between the college level and the pro level, could you explain the difference when you're trying to run through a defensive line at Ohio State, and then when you're trying to run through the, you know, Redskins defensive line in Philadelphia? Well, I tell you, the the, the difference is knowledge. Well, and what I mean by knowledge is the guys there are step faster, or even a couple steps faster. They understand. They know tendencies. They know. They watch at the pro level. They know all your tendencies, your weakness, your strengths, what did you do when, when you run this play, type of play. They know you're going to cut back if you're a cutback guy. They know if you're going to step out and go and do this certain thing. So they know more knowledge. Now, the college level is not quite there, but it's really, really fine-tuned when you get to the NFL because when I thought that I can just go turn the corner when I got in the um, NFL in the practice, and a big old defensive line ran me down and said, hey, buddy, you're not in the Big Ten. This is the NFL now. <laughs> and that's when I realized that I had to pick it up and I had to use the brain that God gave me to help myself to be able to 
um, um, set people up, give false reads so that they would think that I'm doing something right. and then every, do the opposite. Every rookie has that moment, right? Every rookie has that moment, no, the, the welcome rookie. to the NFL moment. Yes, every everyone does. And mine, my biggest one was um, we were actually, um, I was Coach Vermeil. He told me the reason that he recruited me was because I ran for over 100 yards against UCLA. He right. said anybody that, that, right, did, that. ran for right. 100 yards over UCLA, he has to be a great back. So that's right. why he bought me in. And I just tell you, just he, he welcomed me to the NFL when I was playing. We were playing the Steelers in Pittsburgh, and I did a kickoff return. I took it back. I got it on about the goal line, and I took it all the way to their 40. Wow. And Coach Vermeer was the first person to come over top of me and says, welcome to the NFL. And that's when I knew I made it. Yeah, that's in the positive welcome to the NFL. <laughs> right. So you have the negative welcome to the NFL, you have the positive welcome to the NFL. Now, I'm, I'm just trying to get the years straight. They made the Super Bowl in your era. Didn't the Eagles go to the Super Bowl in 88? No, I, miss, I just missed it. They came off of just losing to Oakland. In the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. And then right. you And then you get drafted and start in September with them. Right. Wow, and the same thing when I went up to uh, Mike Toms that got me to the Bears. The same thing happened there. The Bears in '85 went to the Super Bowl and won, right. and then I came there in '86, and that was the end of my career. So it's interesting. It, early in your life, you know, you write the stuff down. You accomplish exactly mm-hmm. what you want to accomplish, and of course, the greatest right. goal in the NFL is to be in and win a Super Bowl. And you just miss on both of those occasions. Right. Any spiritual right. angle to that? Well, you know, I tell you, um, there's so many. I, uh, it's just it's amazing what God does for you in in, in the waiting process. Because I remember when, um, for example, going back to the Bears, I was out for a while. I had played in the USSL for a little bit, and then I was out. And I said, God, I just want to get back in the NFL. And this affects your son because I told your son the same story. And he ended up writing down what he really wanted with God and spoke it to God, and it happened for him. I don't know if he told you the story. He did not tell me that story. Yes, yes. You need to, you need to uh, talk to him about that. I, I even have the text message. It was amazing. I said, be very detailed because what I did was I asked God to get back in the NFL. Mike Tomczak gets tells the Bears because we were playing a charity basketball game. Quarterback, quarterback, Tomczak, quarterback for the Bears. For the Bears, he he gets me an opportunity to get back in the NFL. So I get back in. Three weeks later, I start a Bible study, which I had done all the time right. throughout my career. Doctor Doctor J acknowledged it in Philadelphia. Yep. Yes, Doctor J actually came to my house and studied the Word of God with me. So that's when I realized. You know, as a rookie, how much you can impact if God once is using you, He will use you and show you how. Right. And so, I forgot where I was at. Oh, you're talking about just missing the Super Bowl. Any spiritual implications? Right. So, what happened was I was um, when I I had asked God after I got let go by the Bears and it didn't work out, and I no, I got injured and ended my career, and I was like, man. I was so frustrated. I was like, what's going on, God? What's going on? Why did you why did you take me away from the dream that you know I really, really wanted? And he said, You didn't ask and this pressing came upon me. You didn't ask to stay. 
I just asked to get there, which he granted. He allowed me back in. And then he ended my career completely. And if I had said to him, I want to get back to the NFL and I want to make a career out of it, my words, he honored my words again. So he was teaching me a lesson. Whenever you speak to me, make sure you know what it is that you want to say or that you really want. I'll help you accomplish what you want to accomplish, but don't always think that, that the best thing for you is what you wish for. Exactly. Yeah. So I learned a tremendous lesson from that. Calvin, I have a, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, I was just going to say that I, you know, my my wife that uh, that Hashem bought me is she's such a a beautiful woman on the outside, but she's really, really a beautiful woman on the inside. I wonder because I I give her so much credit for what she did in writing the book. And, oh, oh, we're going to talk uh, about your wife in a minute. I just got to finish my football questions. I've also discovered. Uh, here on the air, that a former NFL great is giving advice to my son. How do you like that? Calvin Murray <laughs> is with us live via telephone. The book is called From Rose Bowl to Rashi, A Unique Journey to Orthodox Judaism, written by his wife, Amuna Verid Murray. Last football thing, because I'm just curious. Arch, okay. you played with Arch Schleister. Right. And, well, Art was behind me a year, yes. And we know that he's had, you know, he's had a difficult life. I'm just curious if you were ever in touch with him after your college days. You know, in reality, um, yes, I tried to. Uh, matter of fact, when I was there, I was voted a captain my senior year. And so it, I was seeing the path that he was heading. And so I got the captains together, and we had a meeting, and then we went and tried to get him the help. And you, you know that only the way somebody can get help is they have to want the help. Right. And he didn't want it, and I said, well, you know, yeah, he went the path that he chose, and you know, it's a shame that he was very, very talented. He's one of the most talented persons, uh, athletes that I ever played around. I mean, he could throw the ball with his left hand seventy yards accurate, as well as with his right. Amazing! And it, it, it was amazing. He had amazing ability. He was smart. He was strong, and he just couldn't stop gambling, and it, it just got a hold of him, and it just destroyed him and it destroyed a lot of other people that he uh, affected. Yeah, no question about that. Um, Sometimes, I shouldn't say sometimes, I think we might be able to say the majority of the time, people, and certainly athletes, don't realize Mm -hmm. the gift that God has given them. Don't realize... I I agree. I agree. I agree 100%. And And a lot of them don't realize that it came from him to use to glorify him, and, not and, to glorify and, themselves. And, and to help themselves and others. Right, exactly. It's not about them. Wow. Uh, whose journey to Orthodox Judaism is more interesting, yours or your wife's? I would, I, you know what, that one there, I'm going to have to say my wife. My wife was... When she first went to Israel, she came back, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm one second. So you, you were married and, and you were uh, you know, with a religious home. I mean, it, mm-hmm. no secret. You yeah, guys we were, were pastors. You were practicing yeah, was, churchgoers we were, with, your, with your kids. Right, and right, and, and right. until she went to Israel, there was no notion of, of exploring Judaism? Oh, yeah. We, we, started, um, we started 10 years out. We started with Christmas, and... 
we broke that down because we had somebody to come to us and you know the origins of how Christmas started. And mm-hmm. we were like, no. So we started researching. And once we started seeing that, we stopped doing it. And then we got into the Messianic movement, which introduced us to Judaism and introduced us to the prayers and introduced us to, but they still were using Jesus. So we weren't happy with that. And then we went to a lot of conferences and, and we just, and we were actually told to stay away from Rabbi Tuvia Singer, right. who we met, and I just finally met him when I was in Jerusalem this past year, and that's the that was it. I mean, my wife got it before I did. Um, she was studying it, and I started like, man, you know, I'm not giving up. You know, I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. How old was and your then, oldest child at this point? Our oldest child was. Uh, he was in college. It was our two youngest kids that were still, they were in high school as we were getting it because our daughter was just graduating high school when we finally um, finished our conversion process. What what, what do you have, a total of six children? Yeah, we have six children. We have five boys and a girl. And our oldest boy played in the NFL. Right. Him and Ben Ben Rosenberger played together Um, in in college. And my question is, are, 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 mm-hmm. all, are all of them are bored? Do, do we consider all your family members Orthodox Jews at this point? Just you and your wife? No. What's the story? Just my wife and I. And, are, they, and, and I. are the kids cool with the whole thing? Well, some are, some aren't. Right. You know, it's just uh, because, you know, you, when you've been told one thing for all your life, and then all of a sudden you make a, <laughs> a complete, complete turn. Right. It rocked their boat. And, you know, so the, uh, some of them, the jury's still out. Some of them are still watching, seeing what's going on. Are you really serious? But we also we also have a Jewish grandson. So, you know, one of our sons um, actually ended up marrying when he was in the military, what, a Jewish girl. And they um, had a son. And his name is Yehuda Mordecai. So and them and our other Two grandkids are Elijah and Eliana. So <laughs> life is I funny, mean, huh? It is funny. <laughs> now, <laughs> now your wife. You, we we get so we sort of get your background in terms of the church right. going family, uh, well disciplined, right. right. athletic, the whole thing, and the prayer right. groups, and we get a perspective of what you were doing uh, in your younger years. Y- your wife is from a similar type of religious background. How would you describe her? No. Her roots? No, she was from none. She had to. She searched on her own. She would. She was going to church with other people in her community. Will come and pick her up. She didn't have the same religious uh, background that I had. So, I had a very, very strong religious background. So, what got her into she, into questioning about Judaism, or or did she have the same questions that you described earlier? She did. Um, when we came together, both of us had no idea that we were even going to go that path. We were just. I wanted to raise our kids knowing that there's a God and that God controls everything and had that wonderful relationship with him. And so we were more focused on that. And that's where we wanted to be. And it's just, she didn't, I, I, I don't know how, it was just must have been meant to be for her to and I to meet because I don't know how she managed to keep herself, you know, that way, you know, just, she kept searching for God. She was searching for God all, all her life. And now she found him. Unbelievable. 
and you and you both started on these serious route yep. to Orthodox yep. Judaism when not what not when was the actual conversion, but when would you say the serious study to make this move started? How long ago? I would say about ten years ago. And the official conversion was when? Five years ago. Unbelievable. And and at that time you decided to live in Israel, visit often, you live here. What's the story? We live part-time. Like, I'm just getting ready to do Aliyah. She already did Aliyah. Um, we're living part-time because we want to keep the relationship with our children right. and and our grandchildren because that's very important. We don't want to abandon our role as, because we came Orthodox Jews, to abandon our role as the parents of the kids. We want them to know we still love them. We still love them the same. We're the same people that, you know, and everything. So we want to keep that door open. And we told all the kids we would bring them to Israel. So our two that children that we had together, because she had two boys, I had two boys, we came together, and then we had a boy and a girl. Our two children we had together have already been to Israel. And it's just they have been really touched by what's going on in Israel, and they really loved Israel. Unbelievable! You know, one of the things. Yeah, yeah I'm. I'm not, one of the things that that we, as those who have been quote unquote from from birth, always right. always wonder about um, is you know what if life would have been different? What if our parents were not Orthodox? What if we were from non Jewish homes? You know, what, how different right. would our lives right. be? Because obviously, a hundred percent of our lives are guided by. Uh, Jewish law. I mean, I don't have to tell you right. that. You know, you know how it right. works. Right. At this point, you know yeah. how it works, right? <laughs> so, right. right. So, when, when someone acts surprised, and not acts, but when someone you know re- reacts in a surprising fashion, that you would want to leave the secular world. Let's call it. I know you had a religious affiliation, but let's just call that for a moment as it relates to Judaism, the secular world, and 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 make this commitment. This commitment to the six hundred and thirteen commandments. Do you do you right. un, do you understand that sometimes people are are taken aback by one who decides yeah. to do that? Oh yeah, they 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 really don't know how to act. Um, they really don't know how to act. And if and, and if someone would say to you, "Isn't life a lot easier?" When you don't oh, have yeah. when, when you don't have the one seventh of the week restrictions, when you don't have ca- oh kosherous laws, <laughs> and you don't oh. and you don't have family purity, um, um, right. a technical aspect. I mean, w- wouldn't right. wouldn't one conclude that that it might be easier to stay in the oh. in the prior lifestyle? Right. That's what people were like. Why? Why did you do that? Why are you going there? Why? Why are you? Why are you giving up that? And people, people are asking us, why did you become Orthodox Jew? You, you, you're okay. Why didn't you just be a righteous Gentile? And uh, my soul would not have been happy. My soul would not have been happy. My soul had to come all the way home. It had to come to who it, where its destiny was. Because, because your soul was at Sinai. Right. And your wife's soul was at Sinai with us. Oh, yeah. Yes. And we just woke up, we, you know, we, I, from, you know, I had a conversation with my mother before she passed away. And my mom said she saw this, look, when I was born, I'm the oldest. She said, you had this glow on you. I didn't understand what it was. 
So before I actually made the final commitment to be an Orthodox Jew, Hashem used my mother to come to me in a dream. That's why I chose the name Yosef, because I had always had, Hashem always spoke to me in dreams throughout before I became an Orthodox Jew. He used my mother's voice and says, I remember when I remember the conversation. She said, I know what that light was that I saw on you. You have a Jewish neshama. Go on and finish your journey. My mother knew nothing about Jewish neshama. And I just went from that. When I heard that, I said, okay, that's mom. Let me go on and finish and do it. And ever since I made that commitment, my soul has been just joyous. That's how I got to meet your son. It was just one of the, he was one of the miracles that was happening to me while I was in Israel. It was just one right after another. And we connected so well over there. And he's, he's got a great son. Hmm. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Yes, you have a great son. You know, some, and, uh, you, you titled, or I should say your wife total, titled the book From Rose Bowl to Rashi. Right. I was thinking maybe you know from touchdown to Torah. You know how does right. Ra- how does Rashi make it? How does Rashi get the spotlight on this one? <laughs> well, well, what happened was we were at a friend's house in New Albany, and the lady goes, "You know what? You need to write a book." And we go, "Everybody kept telling us write a book, write a book." And she so she said, "Here, there's a title. Wrote from Rose Bowl to Rashi, and it stuck." And we said, "Oh, we like that." <laughs> That's great. You do write in the book about how much you appreciate Rashi's commentary on the Torah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We did. It was very, very helpful for us. You know, I think a lot of times, the, you know, one of the things that my wife and I really want to do for the Jewish community is be an inspiration to let them know they have. They have it. They have the Torah. The world is crying for the Torah and to be excited about what they have so they can give it to the world and to be that light in the nation so that the nation will see that Israel is the, the promise, the chosen ones. Wow. Calvin Murray's with us. His Thank wife, you. Amuna Vered Murray, wrote the book From Rose Bowl to Rashi. Check it out, everybody. It's on the web from rosebowltorashi.com. Also, there's a uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash from Rose Bowl. To Rashi, do you meet Philadelphia Eagle fans in Israel? Oh yeah, they must have been happy. To, they must have been happy this past season. Oh, they were very happy, very happy. For those of you who don't know, the Eagles won the most recent Super Bowl, and uh, and what's life like in general in Malay Adumim? I mean, do you do you quote unquote fit in? Do you feel part of the community? Are you oh, would I yes. wa- would I walk in Shabbos morning and you're davening the same as everybody else? Yep. Simple as that, huh? Simple as that. And the best part about being an Orthodox Jew is, give me one, give me one thing that that I should really start to appreciate because I take it all for granted since I was born with it. What's one thing I should not take for granted in Judy in Orthodox Judaism that you that you find to be so wonderful? That personal relationship with the Creator. That personal relationship, that one on one that you have that we can talk to Hashem and he will hear and he will honor and he will support us and love on us and meet our cries and our that he will be there 
and he's there for you, and he's ready to help you. You know, um, according to Mishnaic tradition, at this point, I might have to call you Rebbe, Yosef. <laughs> oh, boy. Does the name John Frank mean anything to you? Yeah, we were teammates. Is it true that he is now an Orthodox Jew, or you don't know? That's right. He yes, is. He is. He's yeah. an or- He played for Ohio State. I believe. Right. I believe he also played for the NFL. Am I right? Did he play in the NFL? Right. Right. And he's also now an Orthodox Jew. What? What's going on there at Ohio State? Are the Schottensteins having some uh, influence over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's. It's. It's really amazing. John Frank and I are really close, and we keep in touch, and we help and support each other. And he actually, if I'm not mistaken, won a Super Bowl. Yes, he did at the, with the 49ers. Unbelievable. So the the, the, per, the percentage of Orthodox Jews to Jews in football is probably the largest of any sport. <laughs> as, we, as, as we continue to meet more and more Orthodox former NFL players, it's just unbelievable right. the whole thing. And, 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 the, the, and, and I wonder if one could even argue that because of the intensity and the physical prowess that one needs to play that sport, that in right. fact, that in fact, the regimen of Orthodox Judaism might appeal to those who are, you know, most physically involved in their sport. Do you think there's something to that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you think about it. There's 13 owners right now. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And the, and the last, in the last several Super Bowls have been won by Jewish owners. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. But I think, yeah. but I think you, to my point, I think you allude to it in the book. That the whole uh-huh. that the whole physical nature and the incredible discipline one needs to pursue yep. the sport to you and I, I think you wrote this I, I read it a, you know a while ago but I think your wife wrote this that you would say it, it has a relationship with the discipline oh, yeah. that with the discipline that we go through as Orthodox Jews oh yeah repeat like for example we would do a play we run that play over a thousand times till it's a part of it how many times have we we do Shakrit Minka Amaria right. Three times a day, yeah. So to the point where you can, you literally know it by heart, and and it becomes, it starts becoming you, defining you. The words start defining and changing and help you. It's the same thing in the athletic world. That's the way they want you to be. So when you're standing up there, you're getting ready to do a play. You already know what to do. Interesting comparison, I'll tell you. Does your wife uh, go on the lecture circuit about the book? Yeah. People can invite her to the uh, to her to uh, their community and have her uh, Yep. Mm-hmm. Have her explain all this. Yep. She doesn't like doing it, but she'll do it. Amazing. The book is written by Amuna Vered Murray. The book is entitled From Rose Bowl to Rashi: A Unique Journey to Orthodox Judaism. It is a book about the journey of two people together, Amuna Murray and Yosef Murray. Yosef, at one time known as Calvin Murray of the Ohio State University Buckeyes and the Philadelphia Eagles. We started this conversation. You said that um, the difference between the levels, college and the pros, is the knowledge, is the smarts. Right. So if we do see a great one at their position, as skilled as they are, we have to keep in mind that they have something up there that is simply superior to the other players on the field. Right. Pretty amazing, I'll tell you. Never thought of it like that. So if Tom Brady's the best quarterback ever, it might be 
that he's the smartest quarterback ever. Right. Pretty cool. Hey, are you surprised about the lack of uh, star running backs in the NFL right now? How that position has been depleted somewhat? No. I saw the change coming. Really? Yeah. Because my kids find it hard to believe that I speak of an era where the running back was the key to the entire offense. Right. Not like that anymore. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope, it's not. It's it's a different era. Um it's a different way. I would have fit the era that they're playing now would have fit me better because I was more of a of a wide receiver running back. Very cool. Where are you gonna be spending Rosh Hashanah? Uh actually I'm spending it here in Columbus, but Who's the rabbi there now that you're close? Who's the rabbi now in Columbus that you're closest with? Rabbi Apple. Okay. Or I have to run. Um, they're calling me for Yo- work. Yosef, so. I can't thank you enough. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. From Rose Bowl to Rashi, a unique journey to Orthodox Judaism. Amuna Vered Murray about her journey and uh, the journey of her husband, our guest this morning, Calvin Yosef Murray on a very interesting Wednesday morning at JM in the AM.